Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Spooky, spooky. If your kids are in service today, I'm sorry. Happy you Sunday. Good morning, everybody. We can get the lights up. We can get the lights up. Um, if you haven't got the chance, I haven't got the chance to introduce myself. My name is Pastor JR. Alongside my wife, I'm the, we're the youth pastors here at the Building Christian Fellowship. Hallelujah. And just to speak just to how great our youth worship team is doing, that comes from a place of real authenticity. One of the things that I sound like a broken record telling them every week when we practice is like, we're going to mess up. <laughs> we're going to forget the sequence of the song, but don't forget to worship. And for them to recognize that worship is not just a part of the service, but it's a lifestyle, a life that is sacrificed and laid down for, for God's sake. And so I'm not going to be up here before you guys very long. We've got a couple more minutes. But um, I'm going to speak from the topic, are you afraid of the light? Are you afraid of the light? Let's go to John chapter 3. Some of you guys might be familiar with this passage, the very famous verse. Even people that aren't Christian know this verse. John 3, 16. Somebody say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I heard a, I heard a believeth out there. So somebody probably only reads King James Version. No judgment. No judgment. As long as you're reading your word. But we're going to read from a portion underneath John 3, 16. Into John 3, 17. And just to kind of set the scene, Jesus has kind of started his ministry and he's causing a stir in the areas that he's in, right? The religious leaders are waiting for a Messiah. The Jewish religious leaders are waiting for this Messiah to come, for him to overthrow the Roman Empire, for him to be their king and, and, and warrior and all these different things. But Jesus turns their understanding of what he came for upside down. They thought he was going to overthrow kingdoms, and he did come to overthrow kingdoms, but not just Romans. Or the Roman kingdom, but the kingdom of darkness. Rather than him overthrowing the things that they think they were under the oppression of, Jesus tried to get them out of spiritual bondage. Amen? So John 3, 17, and it reads this. God sent his son to the world, not to judge. Somebody say judge. Yes. The world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes. Somebody say believes in him. But anyone who does not believe, somebody say does not believe, in him has already been judged for believing in God's one and only son. For not, excuse me, thank you, for not believing God's one and only son. Let's, let's get our theology correct. I apologize. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness. Somebody say love the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil, in another translation or in the original language, it's all who practice evil, hate the light, and refuse to go near it for their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see they are doing what God wants. The title of today's message is, Are You Afraid of the Light? Dear Heavenly Father, be with us. Let us not shy away from your light, from your truth, Lord God, and your word. We trust you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. I'm a little bit shocked by the response to that video, right? Because I expected some things like, one more time, how do people are fear, afraid of spiders? Who's afraid of spiders? Pastor, you better raise your hand. Quit playing. <laughs> he said he eats spiders. All right. <laughs> Bet. People afraid of snakes? Who's afraid of snakes? Oh, Lord. Who's afraid of heights? Okay. Who's afraid of flying? That, that's what was weird. Like, people are, are, are afraid of heights, but not afraid of flying. Interesting. Who's claustrophobic? Ooh, don't get me in no tight space. That's why we got more chairs. That's why we got more chairs. Who's afraid of crowds? Like, right now, you are having a nervous breakdown because it's like too many people. Here's what was interesting. I saw every light go up on this one. Who is afraid of failing? Ooh, a lot at stake. I got one more for you guys that didn't put on the video. And if you're afraid of FOMO, FOMO, you don't know what FOMO is? Oh, you put it up too early. It's all good. But if you're feeling with FOMO, you might have an idea of what this is. I didn't, I didn't make a typo, Jackie, I promise. Anybody have an idea of what FOFO is? And it's not, it's not FOFOFO like Wendy's. Like, no, that's not what we're talking about. Anybody FOFO? It's the fear of finding out. It's the fear of knowing. Some people, this isn't an official term yet, but they, they, they call it ostrich syndrome. Something that comes, that appears to be threatening, so they bury their hands in sand to act like it's not going on. Let me give you guys an example, right? A, a, an example of the fear of finding out. Let's put, that, let's put that graphic up right there, Noah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. I'm not judging anybody. But if we went car to car right now, I'm not looking. How many people got this light on? How many people are driving with this light on? Most of y'all are like, I know my car. I can keep going. I know my car. Like the car could be like, like driving up the street and you still are driving it. It'll be all right. As long as I can make from point A to point B, we'll all be good. But here's the interesting thing about the check engine light, right? The check engine light's not meant to hurt you. The check engine light is meant to give you an indication that something's wrong. The fear of finding out. As soon as that check engine light, what do you hear? You don't hear the boom, boom. You hear cha-ching. How much is this going to cost me? Oh, y'all not connecting. How much is it going to take away from me? Heaven forbid we take it back to the dealership. I ain't taking my car to the dealership. Oh, heck no. I know they made the car. I know they made the car. But I'm afraid of what this is going to cost me. I'll just take it, I'll just take it to, you know, bro on the corner. Like my brother Lionel says, hey, Lionel, I know a guy. That guy isn't enough. The guy on the corner isn't enough. The one that claims to be the truth isn't enough. We have to take it back to the manufacturer in order to be made whole again. 
the fear of finding out. Here's why I bring this up. Is a lot of us are living our lives with the check engine light on. But afraid to go back to the manufacturer for the fear of finding out how much this is going to cost us. Are you afraid of the light? I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to make you feel condemned. What I'm here to do is to preach to you the gospel, to give you the opportunity that God has given us to receive this wonderful grace. It hurts. Giving away the thing that you've learned to love hurts. And so many of us aren't real enough, right? Nobody will ever say that they love their sin, but that's how you behave. Like you love the sin, but you just hate the torment that comes with it. Like you love the addiction, you just hate the guilt that comes with it. You love having this relationship, you just hate the abuse that comes with it. It's the fear of finding out. It's the fear of finding out the reality of what's going on. In John 3, 17, I'm here to disarm you today. If you're here and you've never heard the gospel, you've never heard about Jesus, you've been kind of skeptical about coming to church and getting connected to God, I'm here to break down those defenses this morning. John 3, 17, it says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Here's where I need to make a correction, okay? Not a correction to the Bible, but a correction to some of our ideologies. We come into the mindset like, only God can judge me. You are right. Only God can judge you. And judgment is coming. I'm not trying to preach you a hellfire and brimstone message. But but, but why wait when grace is available? Why wait when you have the opportunity of having your debts paid for? He didn't send him into the world to judge the world. You know, this was a common misconception, right? I talked about the Jewish leaders in, in, in the past, and like, there's this guy, right? Old Nick. We're going to call him Old Nick. His name was Nicodemus. <laughs> Nicodemus is in John chapter 3. He was a ruler of the area that they were in. He, he knew the Old Testament. He knew the word front to back. And he met Jesus at night to get a little bit more information. He's like, well, you check all the boxes, Jesus. Are you the Messiah that we've been waiting for? And Jesus is like... Yes, but I'm about to do something that you never saw coming. People were waiting for this Messiah. They were waiting for a ruler. They were waiting for a savior. They were waiting for a king. But they didn't realize that, yes, the ruler in the sense that judgment belongs to him, but savior in the sense that only he can reconcile, uh, reconcile us back to him. Here's the mindset that Jesus didn't show up to judge at the moment, although judgment is in his hands. But he's given us the opportunity for grace. Back to that analogy, right? Back to the part like your car being on the, the, with the check engine line on, right? Just imagine, you guys ever get those calls where it's like, hey, this is, uh, this is John from uh, Fairfield Acura. I just wanted to let you know that your uh, maintenance is due this week. Can you uh, come on through? What do you guys do? Most times you either go boop, and like hang up, or no, stop calling, and then hang up, whatever. But can you imagine, can you imagine if that check engine light came on, that reminder call came, and they told you, hey, you have a major fix that needs to be done, but don't worry, it's been paid for. I just need you to bring the car in. I'm sorry if this is too elementary. I'm a youth pastor. I speak to little kids, to teenagers, but it's been paid for. 
Verse 18. There is no judgment against anyone who believes. Somebody say believes. In him. But anyone who does not believe in him. Somebody say has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Already. It's not, it's not a matter. Here, here's the thing, right? We look at light and dark as opposing forces, right? Not realizing that darkness is only the lack of light. The absence of light. So when, G, when the words presenting this, this dilemma of judgment, right, is making it plain from the beginning, this isn't for later. There is no judgment against someone who believes. So before the court date, you've already been found not guilty. But if you don't take this deal that I'm giving you, you've already been found guilty. And here's the difference that we, that we, we kind of mess up, right? We get this, this mix up of conviction and condemnation. Conviction and condemnation. In my world with kids, if you tell them the truth, teenagers, you tell them the truth, they immediately tell you, stop judging me, JR. I'm not judging you. I see you going down a road that you probably shouldn't go down and you're making the wrong decisions. Let me break, make this plain, right? Conviction is knowing that you did wrong. Okay? Conviction is knowing that you did wrong. Condemnation is bearing the guilt of wrongdoing and suffering the punishment for it. Y'all follow me, right? Just because you have conviction does not mean that you've been judged yet. But conviction is that check engine light saying, hey, there's a problem. Stop the car. We need to go back to the manufacturer. We need to check the manual. We need to check and see what's been wrong. And so... In verse 19, it says, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Can I, I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand, sorry. But I had said before that some of us don't come to the realization that we love our sin, but we hate the torment that comes with it, right? I truly believe, and you can take this, you can take this home with you. That if you ask God to make his desires your desires, he'll do it for you. That I believe that if you ask, you shall receive. That if you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will be open. The word literally says that as you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. But here becomes the problem. Some of us get caught in this cycle. But we're fooling ourselves. Like, we'll come, we'll hear a good word, we'll learn how to be a better person, but we keep going back to the same slot that we've been doing all this time. That you can't try to live a life for Christ by learning the things and then try to apply it on your own. Thank you. You can't serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other. You can't do both. So here becomes the thing. Rather than us coming from the position of, well, listen, I'm going to follow the things that Jesus tells me to say, love my sin, and then come back to dump the guilt on Jesus and then go back to my sin like I've been doing before. When in reality, when you love him, you obey him. 
And when you obey him, you follow him. So when you go from being equipped in the church to going out into the world, it's not a matter of, I still love my sins. Like, I love Jesus. So in the midst of this temptation, in the midst of this sinfulness, in the midst of the people that used to tear me down, I love God more than I love my flesh. So I'm going to follow God in the ways that he's leading me. I just broke the code. If you're caught in a cycle and you claim to love Jesus, the word says that you love him, that you'll keep his commandments. That's not on your own strength. That's not in your own power. Jesus didn't come just to say, all right, figure it out. I'll be back. Figure it out. When he came, he died. He rose from the dead and he breathed on his disciples and gave them the power. The Holy Spirit. The helper. The strength that we need. The wisdom that we need. The guidance that we need. And and for those of you guys that think you intellectually came to Jesus, it is only the Holy Spirit that draws us to him. They love the darkness more than light for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. It's not a matter of you handling the pressure on your own. It's not a matter of you handling the weight of sin on your own. It's that Jesus handled it on the cross. He handled it. It's paid for. So I end with this. Isabel, as you come back up. (laughs) Some of you guys might be wondering, okay, what's the next step? What do we do from here, JR? You've talked about fear. You've already told me that I love my sin. What do I do from here? I'm going to tell you what Jesus told Nicodemus a long time ago. John chapter three, verse three. It says, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Here's the funny thing about it, right? Nicodemus was an old guy. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, how can an old man enter his mother's womb again? How how is that possible? He's like, Jesus responds like, I'm not talking about a physical birth. I'm not talking about you you, you figuring this out on your own, you doing things by fleshly means. I'm talking about being born again by the Spirit. We read the verse earlier, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God, the almighty authority, loved the world, the greatest motive that he could ever have that he only gave his only begotten son the greatest gift that whosoever with the widest welcome, whosoever, whosoever, the shameful, the far away, in the dark places. It's not about your lineage. It's not about your skin color. It's not about these different things. It's about God bringing his son with the widest welcome to whosoever that believes in him. That's the easiest escape. Whosoever believes in him has an escape from the things that have been binding them down in sin. That you should not perish. That's the divine deliverance that God can deliver you from. But you will have everlasting life. That's the possession that we're chasing. That we'll live forever with God. That there's life after this. Our brother, brother H had shared something today. A testimony of a friend or family member 
that had cursed God till his deathbed. And he felt kind of a certain type of way because in our huddle, we go over things that are going to be happening in service and we go over what's going on. He's like, I just feel like I have to say this. I feel like I have to share this. And you can see how this fear like shook him to the core. Is this man on his deathbed cursed God most likely until he died? And Brother H came to the realization there's a possibility that he could have spent eternity in hell. And this is not the fear. Remember I talked about earlier about the difference between light and darkness, how light is like whole and and pure and darkness is just the, 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 the absence of that light. A lot of people are focused on hell being just this fiery dark place. Yes. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yes. Read your word. But hell is absolute separation from God. I know you feel like God doesn't see you. I know you feel like God isn't there. I know you feel like God is far away. I know you feel like God has forsaken you, but he hasn't. If we can all stand to our feet. God has not forsaken you. You've made mistakes, you've lied, you've cheated, you've stole, you've broken hearts, but God has not forsaken you. You are not too far away for him to reach you. There's a book in Psalms that says, even if I made my bed in hell, you are there. Basically saying, if I made, my, if I made the decision to walk far, far away from you, God, you'll still come after me. want you to take this moment for granted that if you take this opportunity to give your life to Jesus to lay down your life for his sake listen not just to guilt dump not just to feel better for the moment for you to go back to the same slop that you've been into but to give your life with you giving your life you get that peace with you giving your life you get that joy with you giving your life you get all the things that you've been missing his ways are higher His ways are better. So if you're here today, I'm going to say this very specifically. If you're here today and you've been afraid of the light, you've been afraid of the truth. Listen, listen closely. Not the truth that people sees, but the truth that God sees. If you've been hiding from the truth of the light, I want you to come down to the altar. Romans chapter 8 said there is no condemnation for those that are found in Jesus Christ. And you can be found in him today. Come down to the altar. I know it's you Sunday, parents, family, friends, come down to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're all good? We're all right with the Savior? Okay. Even if you're right with the Savior you've been out of relationship with him I just want you to know that church attendance is not relationship happy you're here I'd be happy if you got connected I'd be happy if you came to a knowledge of who God is come down to the altar and you're saying you know what? I need to get reconnected 
The word says that he is the vine and we are the branches. Apart from him, we can't do anything. Come down to the altar. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. The Holy Spirit is making room for you here at his altar.